0: Hi everybody, this is Tracy Nessler and I am the founder and going to be the creator. We're doing a pilot for a podcast and um, interview sesh with strictly mostly female riders and people that have survived um, from two-wheel motorcycle accidents and today I'm going to bring in my good friend, longtime friend, Roxy Malone Richards. How
1: are you, Roxy? Hey, I'm good, Trace. Mo nope. bionic, bitch. I'm just fine.
0: Right on. <laughs> yeah, I've still been struggling. Uh, I'm waiting on this femur to heal. And I've been hitting the pool in therapy, so it's been good. I, It's probably, you know, for what has happened to me, this has probably been a blessing in
1: disguise. So I'm sure you can Gosh. relate to that scenario. Oh, for sure. I, tr- I firmly believe in blessings in disguise, and I also believe that everything happens for a reason, right? Maybe your accident was meant to slow you down a little bit. You know, do a check, right? Figure yeah. Out what's the important? What's not? You a big time, yeah. Maybe you needed to get the universe thought you maybe to get your priorities in check, and uh, who knows? Like I said, I do firmly believe that everything happens for a reason, and sometimes we find out that reason, and sometimes we don't, but. I think you have found your reason um, and this podcast is going to, going to prove it. So awesome. what else have you been up to today, girl? Everything's good. Jesse's good. Family's good. Oh yeah. Have you just walked in the door and Jesse was out walking the dog and, you know, doing the more normal life. The Yeah. Just the things you do in winter life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the waiting bear, the be- bear hibernating life. So, Oh, yeah. A lot of the reason why I decided to do this, Rox, and everyone, just so you know, the explanation behind the bionic, bionic bitch is that now myself as well as Roxy, we have um, a lot of titanium in our bodies and we are blessed to have a second chance at life and we're going to do this and uh, help empower people, help each other, try to get through um to help them be more resilient and share our earning, like our learnings and our, you know, what we've kind of earned from life's experiences. So I'll let you take the, the, take the mic rocks. And I just want to uh, let everybody know that Roxy has been a friend of mine for a few decades now, and we've ridden motorcycles, um, probably less than we should have together. And we probably have yeah. more time to, to ride them as well together, but I'm thinking, um, I'm just gonna take a break from bikes and maybe hit the old the boat scenario or something. All but right. I'm sure I'll yeah. get one, get get on one again, just not at this present time. I'm still healing, so I'll let you take the mic, Rox.
1: Well, like I said, maybe you're meant to be doing something else, right? Like you spent a lot of time on a motorcycle, so maybe, like I said, the universe was telling you, "Hey, let's switch this up a lot, a little bit. You got a lot of life to live, so let's do something different." Uh, in my case, I never was even supposed to walk, never mind ride a motorcycle. So um, when I was born, my, uh, the doc told my mom that I would never walk and because I was born with spina bifida and uh, she basically said, uh, is this R-rated show or is uh, yeah,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna put a PG-R rated on it for sure because okay, there's awesome. gonna be lots of effing coming out of the. Old. Uh,
1: yeah, she basically explicit, said,
0: explicit words yeah. and rest. Yeah, we're gonna. we we'll yeah. put the put the notification on there for sure.
1: <laughs> she basically said, beep you." <laughs> no, that's not happening. And uh, I'm really glad that she didn't just throw her arms up in the air like a lot of moms would, and just said, "Okay." you know, she's like, no, that's not happening. And, you know, because if you're a baby and you're told from day one that you're not going to walk, that's your destiny. And so she changed my destiny. Um, and so with many operations, and like you said, lots of steel and metal in my feet and legs and back. Um, and I had crutches and braces. I was up walking and at, About 14, they took the crutches away from me because I was four feet tall, jumping five-foot fences and um, beating my brother with them. And (laughs) they figured I didn't need them anymore. Took away the weapons. (laughs) Yeah, took away my weapons, yeah. And so um, I started dating a guy who rode a motorcycle uh, in the early 80s, I guess. I don't want to show my age, but yeah, a long, long time ago. And uh, it was a lot of fun on the back. Um, I, and so I never really spent a lot of time, you know, looking at what was happening in the front. I just was looking at the scenery and I just was content being a passenger. And then one day it just sort of struck me as like, well, I wonder, if I wonder, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> because my left leg was, and my foot worked just like yours did. My bad leg was my right one. And that one mostly stays on your foot peg anyways. So um, a friend of mine just happened to be selling her Sportster. It only had like 3K 3K on it when I bought it. She hardly ever rode it. And uh, she was selling it, and so I bought it. And I thought, well, worst-case scenario is I'll have to turn it into a trike. And um, so I went and took the course. And I'd never driven a standard before, so I had no idea how the clutch concept worked at all. So I got on this little Suzuki 125 and I must have dropped that fucker about a million times. <laughs> I was so frustrated. Right. And the instructor says, if you can't hold that up, how are you going to hold up that sports And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And so practice makes perfect. And I came you home. The first never
0: underestimate a woman. Eh? <laughs> right.
1: I came home and I'm like, you mean you have to pull the clutch in every time you stop? Like, what the fuck? Don't they make these things an automatic? Like, that there's so much to think about. And like I said, I never paid attention to what was going on in the front. So anyway, so I ended up um, getting a perfect score on the test. And the instructor gives me a high five. And he's like, you're going to be a student that they're going to be talking about for years. He said, because I get all these able-bodied people in here telling me they can't do it. And if anybody shouldn't have been able to do it, it should have been you. And I'm like, well, when you tell that story, you tell them that it came down to how bad do you want it? And I wanted it really fucking bad. (laughs) I already had the bike and I was like really determined that I'm going to ride this thing with two wheels. And I did. And I wrote it for I don't know I'm going to say a good fifteen years, and then um, my when my daughter was born she was there and that's a whole other story. Uh, she was born really premature, spent a lot of time in the hospital five and a half months in NICU and three months in PICU. So well now she's graduating. And now she's graduating. Yeah. I mean, how time flies. It's crazy. Yeah. Now she's a healthy, happy uh, 17-year-old. But at the time, um, you know, that's about the time that my foot dropped. And so I couldn't ride. And, uh, well, I could. I tried. And I was on a ride with my friend Shelly, our friend Shelly. Miss um, Costa Rica. We yeah. Yeah, I know, just talked to her the amazing. other day. She's loving yeah. it. So we were out for a ride and we went to Bonacord, had lunch, and uh, we're back in the parking lot. And because I couldn't move my foot, I had to bend down and pull my kickstand up with my hand. And so I was doing that and the bike started to lean and it leaned a little too far and And she was backing up at the time and she her bike was already started. She didn't even know what was happening. And I ended up falling into her bike. And my leg was caught in between the two bikes. And there was nobody, of course, in the parking lot to help us. And uh, it was, yeah. So anyways, we ended up lowering, I had to lower my bike all the way down to the ground to get below her windshield so she could go that half inch to get her kickstand down. She got her kickstand down. She came around to my side and we both got the bike off of me. And I stood up and I had this about a golf ball sized bulge underneath my knee. And I'm like, Hmm, (laughs) that doesn't look very good. And she's like, do you want me to ask the husband to, to trailer, to bring a trailer? And I'm like, Nope, I'm going to ride it home. And I think it was, well, it was mostly the adrenaline for one, but I think it was uh, the high tolerance to pain that I have from all the surgeries that I had when I was a kid. And again, everything happens for a reason set me up for that moment that I was able to tolerate the pain until we got to the city. And then once we got to the city and the, the adrenaline was wearing off <laughs> and it was all set and in. Um, then I had to plan my stops at lights very strategically because to put that foot down uh, was just, yeah. Anyway, so we went to the, um, I drove to the Medi center and Shelly rode her bike behind me and, because we looked on the internet, I thought it was a torn ACL. I had no idea. <laughs> it, was, it was a broken tibia plateau. Wow! But anyways, man. Yeah. So she, you the nurse it. says, "Why are you?" Nurse says, "Why are you here?" And I said, "Well, we're, uh, we we were on the internet, and I think I have a torn ACL." And she goes, "Oh, Doctor Internet!" And I said, yeah. "Well, yeah, that's why we're here because we don't believe Doctor Internet." So she says, "Let's do an X-ray." I said, "Well, X-ray," said Doctor Internet, "says you can't see a uh, broken." broken uh, or you can't see tendons on an x-ray and she said doctor internet is right but you can see um, broken bones so let's take a look so yeah I came back she said do you have a broken tibia plateau and she said I can't believe you rode." she said now think about this if you'd have taken a trailer like trailered at home you wouldn't have a story to tell and now you do and I thought what an excellent way to look at it because you know she said most you know A lot of people would not have been able to ride that motorcycle. Cars
0: have stories, they say.
1: "Yep, Yeah. So anyways, um, it sat, of course, because now I had fear. And I also had a daughter. And, um, you know, if I didn't have her, I would probably die trying. It would be worth the risk for me. But she needs a mom. So, you know, so it sat in the garage. And then I got this email. I got this email from the city. It's about, well, for disabled, disabled people, it's about, you know, access and, you know, different things around the community. And there was a casting call. Oh, ooh, that caught my eye. So, and it was this guy in BC, his name's Bruce Cook, and he's out of Kelowna, and he was a motocross stunt rider. Um, and he was trying to break a record, and he ended up doing this, and he ended up breaking his back. And became a paraplegic. Is it Bruce Cook or is it Jesse Cook? Bruce Cook. Oh, I thought I had that confused. I knew that I had that confused.
0: But yeah, yeah, everyone, this is an amazing part of the story. This is awesome. Bruce Cook
1: is like, he is such an amazing and so inspirational. So anyways, he broke his back and that didn't stop him from breaking the record. He is now, I believe, the only paraplegic in the world to do a backflip on a motocross bike. So talk about not giving up and like being a total inspiration. Right. So, but not only that, he decided to go across Canada and find people who um, have a passion to do something or to redo something. And so I thought, well, wow. and it's sort of like a documentary kind of format. So I filled out the application and, uh, a couple of weeks later they sent me an email and asked me to send them on audition tape. And I'm like, Oh, Holy crap. Okay. So Jesse and I run out to the garage and we bang off <laughs> an audition tape. And then one of the first things I said was when I first, I said, you probably don't recognize me because uh, I sent in a picture when my hair was brown and now I've gone all natural and
0: you're grown now, girl, you earned that. Right? Shit. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, so she's we sent it in and not even 10 minutes later the producer sends me an email back reply back saying we think your hair looks fabulous we'll be in touch and I was like holy shit (laughs) oh my god and so then the production assistant called me and asked me if I was going to be home on June 4th that's the day before my birthday and I'm like yeah and she goes because we're going to be filming in Edmonton and we just want to know if you're going to be home and I'm like So I'm thinking they're filming somebody else. They just want to come meet me and see if I'm suitable for the show. Having no idea they're actually, the camera guy comes in, the audio guy comes in, the production guy. I had half a dozen people in my house. It was like mind blowing. And and then Bruce Cook came in. So we did this interview and um, he said, we're going to take your bike to Kelowna and we're going to make it rideable again. And I was just like, Wow, that's <laughs> like amazing! The, it was a, I was just heaven, and it all happened so fast, and it was just so mind blowing, like so surreal. Like it, this, something like this has never happened to me before. Like I've never had anything, anything, anything close <laughs> happen like this. So random, you know, just such a random act of kindness, you know, from this guy. Like just this, he said, like I said, he's such an inspirational. It's such an inspirational story. He is just, uh... anyway. So they were going to fly me out to Kelowna, but it was the year that um, the fires were really bad and they had to close the airport in Kelowna. Um, And my husband and daughter were going to, they were going to sneak them out there and, you know, do the big reveal and they were going to show up. But because it was so smoky and my daughter has respiratory issues, it was just me that flew out. So they flew me to Vancouver actually and we had to drive to Kelowna. And, uh, yeah, and they filmed uh, the big reveal, and um, then I drove around Kelowna for a bit, and that was kind of nerve-wracking because I don't know the roads in Kelowna, and now I'm on three, I'm actually on three wheels in the back, so they put a kit on, so I still have all the power still on the center wheel and sort of, like, big, um, cool-looking training wheels. (laughs) It's awesome. It's badass, (laughs) right? I'm so, like you, buddy, I'm, I'm so so proud of you, I'm so proud. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it was kind of weird, you know, not only riding around in territory I don't know, but, you know, so on this, th- and also I have a shifter on because I can't shift. I can't move my ankle up and down anymore. I have now the shifter is on the handlebar, right? It's an electric shifter, which was also kind of tricky to try and get used to, you're right? Not on but, your
0: muscle memory, right? Now you're like a dragon. Right?
1: You're speed shifting. <laughs> exactly yeah oh, that's so,
0: so awesome buddy
1: so it's been a trip you know like I said it's not it's a whole different ride than riding on two wheels and and if I had my choice I'd still ra- be rather riding on two wheels but um, I'm certainly blessed and I'm not ever going to knock still being able to ride you know and without fear <laughs>